0: Welcome to this week's episode of South Burbs Hitman. I'm one of your hosts, Joe Mandel, and I'm joined, as always, by my White Sox brothers in arms, Steven Zim Zimmerman and Vinny Parisi. It's the season ender, boys. Thank God the baseball season's over for the Chicago White Sox. Lost over 100 games, 101 to be exact. Uh, The pain was pretty much nonstop from April through the end of October. So, how you guys feeling now that the season's over? Is it a weight off your back? Can you guys go about living your lives, or do the Bears make it that much worse? Zim, go ahead, jump in.
1: Oh, not. I'm not muted. Okay, I thought I was on mute. My bad. Uh, no, All good. I uh, haven't really been paying attention to the White Sox already for about two months. Um, I think our show content really rep- re- really reflects that. Um, I did very little. <laughs> prep for this show tonight even um i know it's our season wrap-up but this team isn't worth our energy right now uh so it'll be interesting to see what the offseason brings you know how they can change that perception among the fan base over the next few months because if they don't they're gonna have a really hard time selling tickets next season a lot of people have given up uh season tickets a lot of people have stopped attending already um i wouldn't be surprised if there's some vendors there who have decided to get different jobs because it's not sustainable to keep working there
0: like well the, the good thing for those folks is is that uh, the same union covers ball baseball at Wrigley and then a lot of those same folks work at the United Center too so good for them thankfully There's other options there.
1: (laughs) Hey, and hockey season's right around the corner. The Blackhawks have a bona fide stud in uh, Connor Bedard. Yeah. And I'm really excited for that to come around. I haven't watched hockey in years. I haven't watched really since the Hawks stopped being competitive in about 2018 or so. You know, when we kind of really, when it really set in that that run was over, um, so I kind of stopped paying attention right around then I picked up a little bit when they made the playoffs back in, what was that? 2020 or whatever, but yeah. Uh, PZ in the chat says most of us were numb by August and, and that's exactly how I feel is just, it wasn't, wasn't worth it. Uh, the, the bears haven't made anything any better or any worse. Honestly, it's, it's, they are like, like know, you just said before the yeah. show, they are who we thought they were.
0: They certainly are. And, uh, Vinny Parisi, how how you doing? Uh, I know you were wrapping this baseball season and then the Cubs also um, choked and fell out of the playoffs and the Bears suck. It was a really horrible week for Chicago sports and, and you had to cover all of it. So how you doing?
2: Yeah, so from a... Uh... Like, a, I love the White Sox point of view. I'm sad that I can't throw on the White Sox whenever I want. Because even though when they stink, I like seeing that uniform on my TV. It just makes my summer better. I, I know it's a mental illness. I know I'm an idiot. I know all these things are true. But I I love baseball, and that's my favorite team. So, like, seeing them go was a little sad as far as not, not making the playoffs and being an atrocious team. Zim and I talked. We consoled them at 7 and 17. At that point in time, when they were 7 and 17, I told myself I am no longer emotionally invested in wins and losses. (laughs) And it's basically been that way since. Um, You know, if they lost, okay, I'm not mad. If they win, okay, I'm not happy. You know, I like seeing Robert have a great year. All sorts of things. From a writing for them for fan-sided point of view, it's the weight of a thousand years lifted off my shoulder because I no longer have to make it a priority to at least what's know what's going on with the White Sox right now. Like, you know, I can have my articles, my three or four articles that are scheduled for 6, 9, 11, and one thirty, right? And that's the end of my White Sox coverage for the day. Until the winter meetings, of course. Sure. Like, you know, when there's breaking news and stuff and Chris Gets is going to do this and that and whatever. Then I'll be like back in, on top of it for at least about the next month, though. It's just going to be... My white Sox content, my daily white sox content of like off season predictions and grades for the regular season, not day-to-day game coverage. And that is the weight of a billion years lifted off my shoulder. I was in my own weird way. I always say I hope they go O in 162. In my own weird way, I was even disappointed that wins. like the Cubs like didn't make the playoffs, and I have nothing I have no playoff baseball to write about at all. Um, I was kind of thinking that that was going to be the case and they choked it away. Um, But, you know, I'll just watch the MLB postseason with nothing else but a fan's heart this year, which is, you know, kind of the way it usually is anyway. So it's not like I'm unused to that, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I'll be rooting for the Marlins and the Orioles. I think I, I kind of want people are going to hate me for this. I kind of want an all Texas ALCS though. That would be so sick if the Rangers played the, Oh, Houston in the ALCS. That would just be so sweet. And like, I love the Braves. Everyone knows I love the Braves. But like, yeah, as far as that, I'm not like, you know, I'm not mad about it. It's like the season's over. It is what it is. The White Sox started the season seven and 17, finished the season 61 and uh, one So they're literally 40 games under 500. It's like, how do you get that mad at a season like that being over? Um, If you're in the chat and you are under 53 years old, um, this was the worst season of your life. Um, If you are over 51 years old, there was one other worse year in 1970. Um, So I think the math, math's on that. 53 years old, uh, 53 years ago, they had a worse record than they did this year. Um, They broke. The 2018 bad record by one game. So it's not like it's that big of a difference, but it was the worst team of your lifetime if you are under 53 years old.
0: Wow. I feel uh, honored. (laughs) Just kidding. Everyone's (laughs) like, oh, what are you talking about, Joe? Uh, I don't know why I'm whispering. (laughs) I feel honored. PZ says even if their F-O-B-S drama couldn't drum much interest. Yeah. Yep.
2: Well, I hope I hope PZ still reads Southside Showdown anyway because I got to put food on the table. Let's go. Be interested in what Chris <laughs> Getz is doing. Come on. I, got, I know it doesn't sure. look like I'm struggling to put food on the table,
1: but. It, interested is a strong word. Curious, on the other hand. Fair.
2: <laughs> Create curiosity. That's what they That's say. Right, That's I
1: agree. Give a damn one way or the other But like Mm -hmm. I'm going to at least investigate You know Far enough into that
0: (laughs) Yeah that's kind of how I feel too It's kind of like weirdly therapeutic To kind of talk about it now Because I've been like thinking about this shitty team For like the last Leading up to the show and I'm like what are we going to talk about I'm like I don't know man we'll just figure it out as we go Like, I got
2: one Do you feel bad for Chris Getz Going into the offseason
0: It's funny Zim and I were just talking about this Before you came on and we're like I don't envy the job that he has to do. Uh, it's pretty, pretty brutal. He's got a lot in front of him, including I, uh... trying to lure free agents, which is like a really impossible task right now. And and as we mentioned, Zim and I earlier, there is not much in terms of free agency out there. Do You make deals. Do you make trades? We'll talk about some of the White Sox choices he has to make later in the show, but uh, I, I, I feel bad for him. Yeah. And, but I'm sure he's getting paid enough to the point where he doesn't feel too bad about it. But he could cry in his Ferrari. Yeah. You know, Chris. Well, that's
1: just it. I, I, I might not envy the job, but I definitely envy the paycheck. I mean, he's gonna, he's gonna make his money this season. That's for sure. He's gonna be tasked with a lot. He's gonna be put in a position to really, Either do this or not do this. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's no half-assing it this off season. He's either going full teardown or full rebuild. And you know they, they they've already said you know this is not a another rebuild. And it's like, well, I don't first know how of all, say that yet. Why not? And second of all, so does that mean we're still mm. in the same rebuild? Because that's not good either. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, either way, the answer sucks. The thing is, I, I do feel bad for him in that sense, but I do think it's a little bit different for him. Like Pedro Grafal, when he was hired, everyone kind of we all kind of were like optimistic about it. Like, okay, this is a new this is new blood, right? We don't know who this guy is. The, you know, it's not Tony LaRussa. Thank goodness. Anyone but Tony Larusa. and then he sucked, and everybody hated his guts. Okay, everybody's expecting Chris gets to fit. So when he does inevitably fail, nobody's gonna like hate him extra for it like he's just gonna be Chris Getz like we called it from the beginning now if he doesn't suck then he's a legend in town forever. He is you know Jerry Krause minus the all the off the court stuff that ever made everybody hate him. He is um, Kenny Williams pre 2008 he is. I'm not even going to say Stan Bowen. Why does every winning GM in Chicago history Theo. suck? That's crazy, actually. Theo Who's, Epstein, you know, Theo Epstein, great. Ex- yes, yes, Theo Epstein. That guy is not hated anywhere he goes. That guy walks into a room, he's automatically the smartest person in it, and he's automatically like the guy in the room. Like that could happen.
0: It certainly could happen, and uh, it's it's a tough position to be in. And PZ's got a great comment in the chat. He says, you guys are young. Embrace it. I've been fortunate enough to see the Sox, Bears, Bulls, Blackhawks, and even the Cubs win championships. Hang in there.
2: That's true. I I just, as it's harder now because, and I'm not saying anything about those folks that are older than us. They are lucky to have seen those things. But every league has more teams now, and every team has more good players now. So the worst team in the MLB in 1987 would get smoked by the worst team in the MLB in 2023. I firmly believe that. Like the NHL's top 100 players would be the top 100 players of the 1990s, besides maybe Wayne Gretzky and Mario Lemieux and Mark Messier. Like the 100th best player in the NHL would be a top 10 guy 30 years ago so you know Chicago teams haven't figured it out yet I don't know when they're going to but we're going on this is the second year in a row we're not one of the five made playoffs
0: yeah and it's uh, a long road with the pieces that we have right now so we'll, we'll wait and see there but I know it's hard to get to that point gentlemen but before we dive into the dumpster fire of a season what are the good things that you could pull away from this team this year is that you could probably count it on one hand. You can maybe count it on two fingers, but (laughs) what are some of the takeaways you have, Zim? My best one
1: were the moves they made at the trade deadline, aside from the Jake Berger trade, right? Berger tore it up down in Miami. He helped take that team to the postseason, um, and the fan base down there loves him. Aside from that, though, you know, we look at the Lance Lynn trade. We look at the Lucas Giolito trade. And there was one other move somewhere in there, wasn't there? Um, but regardless, managing to get prospects for Lynn and Giolito when everybody knew that they were gone, I think was was a really good job. And it was probably the last good thing, maybe the only good thing that Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn have done in the last three or four years. Um yeah. but but they did a really good job like acquiring young talent, rebuilding the farm system to an extent, you know, the, the White Sox came into this season with a terrible farm system. They're now leaving this system with a pretty decent top 30. I mean, I'm not going to go out there and say like, Oh my God, these guys are going to be superstars, but you at least have pieces that you're intrigued by now, rather than just looking at these guys and going, well, that's a career minor leaguer. That's a career minor leaguer. That's a career minor leaguer, you know? Um, Yeah. Now, they still have to develop these guys. We've seen what's happened with Oscar Colas. That was a real negative, but, (laughs) uh, um, you know, another positive, uh, I think was the development of some of these bullpen guys. Um, Brian Shaw actually wasn't terrible. Gregory Santos looks like a legit closer option for the future. Like these guys performed well and they performed when it mattered. And, you couldn't say that about very many guys on this team at all. And my yeah. final highlight for this season is Luis Robert jr. He may have missed the e. end of the season. Um, but he, he had career bests in almost every statistical category, which is what the white Sox expected of him when they signed him over from Cuba. Um, and he he looks like a guy you can build a team around, and that that's that's what you want out of him. You at least have something to build around. So, those are my highlights of the season, Vinny. What do you got?
2: Uh, my favorite moment was Liam Hendricks coming back from cancer. Oh, um, yeah. you know, They'd it was won. a game. They lost the game. I mean, oddly enough, not oddly mm-hmm. enough, whatever you want to say. Um, they lost to the Los Angeles Angels, but he came back from cancer. And I remember in the fourth inning when he walked out to the bullpen, people were giving him a standing ovation. Then he comes in the game in the eighth. And, you know, he faces his first batter. He gets one of his strikeouts, you know, his, you know, patented celebratory strikeout celebrations. Um, You know, he's just an unreal human. Uh, Been on the network before. Um, So we like him a lot. He's just... An unreal dude. He does amazing things off the field for the community. Um, I'm not sure if the White Sox are going to pick up their, his option. I'm actually fairly certain they won't, which really sucks. He probably won't return till about August of next year anyway, and the White Sox will be 70 games under 500 by that point. <laughs> so they're definitely not going to pick up his option. But when he's on another team, I will have heavy interest in – his results because he's just one of those guys that's easy to root for. He's got a nice family. He's generous with his time. Um, He does good things for people in Chicago and all the stops he's made before in Toronto and uh, where Oakland, Australia, where he's from. So Liam Hendricks is just an outstanding dude. And that's absolutely my favorite moment of the season. Um, I, I would say like that game against the Cubs where the White Sox really took it to him was up there but then the the morale walk off the following day kind of sours it oh. for me like it's just you know there, it's there's really not many like game moments that stand out as like like what's a game moment they played really well against the Yankees and the Red Sox for whatever reason this season and that's not that accomplishing this season because the Yankees and the Red Sox were the 4th and 5th place teams in the AL East division so like yeah. how great is it that the White Sox and let me don't make Mistake about it They were still good teams The Yankees and the Red Sox They just Mm -hmm. weren't Beating them It doesn't have the lure That it would have In 2018 maybe Or in 2021 Right Like I don't know the just the on beating the Astros and opening night. And they were two and two after that series against the defending champions with Jose Abreu on the other side. We were like, okay, Man. maybe the white Sox will bounce back this season. That was the highlight of the season right there. Honestly, they, they looked Dylan cease. What did Dylan Cease give up one run in seven strong innings on opening night? Like just unreal performance. And then April happened.
0: Yeah, it did. <laughs> There, there was that wasn't week, a lot of in what's that?
1: There was that week where Luis Robert Jr. stole like three home runs in the same week. That was really nice. He, I mean, he had some defensive magic to start the season. And it kind of it kind of faded towards the end of the year. Um, but I think that's because he was playing more conservatively, you know, protect his body because like what are you playing for? Um, but yeah, early in the season, he was he was a wizard out there in center field.
2: He sure was. And I'm happy. I agree with you, Zim, that he played a bunch of games this year. Like he didn't get to 150 like he wanted, but he had 145. Not bad. I, uh, you know, if he played, if I would sign on the dotted line for him to play 145 each of the next six. Yeah.
1: Years, L- less like, than 20 question. games
2: missed. That's amazing. Yes. That's Easily, nine. easily. Um, Every he, single time. It, exactly. And, you know, seeing stuff like that, he was awful at the end of April and everyone was like kind of mad. Joe and I made a couple tweets that we probably should go back and delete, but yeah. Especially me, I wrote a whole ass article about it. You I know, said talk, about, talk about talk about wearing off. one. Yeah, I did too. Talk about wearing one. Um, but I mean, he had a really good year. They went over five hundred in May. They ha- they showed fight in May there's no doubt about it it's just it was so obvious that by june they were so far out of it already that it just felt insurmountable to overcome and then the trade deadline talk starts to heat Mm -hmm. up because you go 15 and 16 and 500 but you're in you go 16 and 15 in may but you're still seven games under 500 because of how bad you were in april and all of a sudden the trade deadline talk starts heating up. I believe in that stuff. It heats up the locker room. It makes Mm -hmm. it harder to come to the field every day. Like those things add up. They weigh on you. You start to lose more. Um, April really set this team under. And I'm not saying the White Sox weren't bad. They were horrible. But, you know. Then there's, yeah, there's the moment you're showing on the screen here, too. And that started an entire week worth of drama on and off the field for the White Sox. For those listening, he's showing the Jose Ramirez against Tim Anderson. I'm not even going to call it a fight because Jose Ramirez just literally whooped his arse. But, um, yeah, I mean... That's a top moment this season in terms of entertainment. But then this person punched the guy before the all-star break. And this person who was traded to the Yankees, what was his name? Guy traded to the Yankees, relief pitcher. Uh, Drawing a blank on his name. He says that this guy doesn't work. And Jesse uh, Rogers goes on ESPN (laughs) 1000. What was Kenan it? Middleton. Keenan Middleton. He says, oh, this guy stinks, and that team don't try hard. And Jesse Rogers goes on ESPN 1000. He says, Yohan Moncada doesn't work hard. Every, all the rumors about him are true. Eloy Jimenez doesn't do what he can to stay healthy and be the best version of himself. That week was just atrocious in White Sox land. Generated a lot of views for SouthsideShowdown.com. <laughs> we'll say that much.
0: Yeah, th- th- there wasn't <laughs> a whole lot of positive. I-, I have one memory that I can think of. Is I actually went with my... My brother's in-law. We went to a game in April against the Rays. It was pouring rain. It was a ball that um, – um, why am I drawing a blank on, on, on who played center field for us for a while? Um, when? this uh, He got Where? hurt and he went down. It's freaking Missy's favorite player. Um,
2: oh, um, oh, my
0: God. Romy, know, like, Romy Gonzalez. Yeah, Romy Gonzalez. He, it was pouring rain and he dropped a fly ball in the rain and then a run scored. and Then the Sox came back and they won it in like extra innings or in the bottom of the ninth in April. That's like really the only like good memory I have in, of this season. Um, and of course, Jake Berger just trying to carry this team on his back when nobody else was trying. That's, that's another positive thing for me. And then of course, you know, it hates, it burns my soul that he was traded, but I kind of feel good for him deep down. Cause he took that Marlins team and basically, again, he tried to carry them on his back. He's got a lot of good other players on that team too, like Arise and uh, Jazz Chisholm. But at the end of the day, that those are some of the bright spots for me. Um, and then firing Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams, I mean, that was a long time coming. Although I still don't understand, Vin and Zim, how they did that after the deadline and not before.
2: Because <laughs> um, it's the White Sox.
0: Cause Jake Berger would probably still be here uh, if that was the case. Yeah. Thanks, I Ken. mean,
2: he would, everybody's mad about the Jake Berger trade. The jury's still out on Edler or however you say his name. He's been horrible since coming to the white Sox organization, but that could just be a, a testament of how hard it is to switch organizations mid season. Like I'll judge him by the end of next season, but I'm, I'm just happy for Jake Berger. Uh, like I'm not even going to lie. Like, we're stuck rooting for this laundry for the rest of our lives. Like we root for laundry and sports, not people. But um, you know, Jake, he's in Miami. They love him there. They treat him well. They make posters for him, they do promotions revolving around. They market the the nice family man type player on the team that has a sick class name. You think that guy would get marketed well? Well, the Marlins do it. Now they're going to the playoffs. I mean, with Louisa Rise and Jake Berger and some Jazz Fizzle Jr., some of the other studs that they have there. Um, I'm happy they got in. The White Sox were a big key to the Marlins getting in, because they got off to a hot start, and then there was that game where the White Sox were winning in the ninth inning, and the Joe Kelly masterclass blowing it in the ninth, and allowing the Marlins come all the way back. That low key turned out. We were so pissed at the time. I was. I remember being like, "Well, it's the White Sox. Like, of course they did that." But everyone was mad, and that helped them get into the freaking playoffs. So, good for them.
0: Yeah, I miss Burger Bombs. Oh, yeah. He had, some, he had some shots. I found a video of all his longest home runs. He had some moonshots in the south side, yeah. man.
2: Well, didn't, well, didn't him and Ashland say they don't count in their world if they don't go 400? Yep. Yep. <laughs>
0: well, this one didn't and like, count, then.
2: How
1: nice for them to get to go somewhere like where Giancarlo Stanton played for so long. So, you know, Miami fans know how to appreciate somebody who can really hit a bomb like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, just the, the, the season was handled so poorly from start to finish. They didn't make moves when they should have, they made moves. They didn't necessarily need to, they, I don't know. They forced a lot of square pegs into round holes, especially defensively throughout the entire season, um, Corey Lee, thankfully, looks like a a competent catcher, so they will be a lot more comfortable letting Grandal go, um, possibly trying to find somebody to pair with Lee uh, since Zavala is also gone now. Uh, And we'll we'll see how that tandem shakes out because you have to have two catchers. Mm -hmm. Probably have to find a second baseman, probably have to find a shortstop. Have to find a third baseman because you know Moncada is going to get hurt at some point. Uh, Some point he's
0: hurt, he'll be (laughs) hurt, he'll he'll sneeze. (laughs) That's just before spring training starts, and he'll be out for two months.
1: You know, you got to do all that. You have to rebuild your pitching rotation. There's there's a lot of work to be done. Um, Chris gets, you know, like we said earlier, he really has his work cut out for him. Thinking back on this season, you know. PZ in the chat mentioned the Tim Anderson knockout earlier this season. And I mean, if that isn't just a 15 second clip that summarizes the White Sox entire season, <laughs> you know, somebody came yeah. in charge and at us in the off season. And we were like, no, nah, the Sox are going to be better this year. We squared up. We went to fight and we got knocked on our ass before we could even realize what was happening.
0: And, yeah, T T A is an intriguing figure, which it will again, we'll talk about more in a little bit. But ugh, I, that fight, I think we'll be think, talking about that and getting teased about that probably forever.
1: As as
2: as,
0: as we, we should, should I guess.
1: Yeah, I mean Tim Anderson is notoriously, you know, one of the guys in the league that runs his mouth more than anybody else, and. He finally got shut up for it, and we haven't heard from him really since then. You know?
0: I think everything you need to know about the White Sox and their relationship with Tim Anderson is summarized by this giveaway. Why, do you ask? For whites for Star Wars Day, they publicized it being a Mandalorian bobblehead giveaway. Okay? You, I get there the day of, and the box says... It's a Tim Anderson Mandalorian bobblehead. They didn't promote it that it was Tim Anderson. And it was one of the biggest giveaways of the season. What does that tell you?
2: Yeah,
1: that's insane. That's insane. insane.
2: That is insane. I can't believe they honestly did that.
0: Like you guys know, I promoted it on this show. I said it's Mandalorian bobblehead. It's cool. I'm like yep. that's sweet. But like if it was a player that you were gonna keep, or and again, we'll talk about it later. PZ asked, Do they pick up the option? And it will be discussed in a little bit. But uh, if it's a player you're gonna keep, you're probably gonna advertise to the world that he is the player underneath the helmet. I had to ask the guy when I was handing it out. I'm like, does the helmet come off this thing? He goes, Yeah. I was like,
2: okay. I'm, I'm surprised they knew. I feel like the people handing them out just <laughs> don't care.
0: <laughs> uh well those this, this was this wasn't one of the ones at the gates. This is the one where you get a special ticket and you go oh, and you scan it. so it. they're like people from the organization handing them out. So all the That's same,
1: why. like Tim Anderson went from being the face of the franchise. I mean, he literally was the face of the franchise. There were people getting in fist fights over who is the best shortstop in Chicago, Tim Anderson or Javi Baez. And next season, both of them might not even be there anymore.
0: Yeah, it's it's really a shame. Because like and, and I think my reaction to the bobblehead thing is another is another red flag for me as like a White Sox fan. I was actually annoyed when I went to go pick up the bobblehead that it was Tim Anderson. I'm like, Ugh. oh wow! I was like, really? I'm like, I'm, I'm like, can I just keep the helmet on it? <laughs> yeah, but it says it is. says Tim Anderson on the base though. So, which drives me nuts. But
1: nothing a piece of black electrical tape can't fix.
0: <laughs> uh, nonetheless, Very it's sure. cool. I mean, he had he had the biggest at bat, arguably in the last 20 years for the franchise with that home yeah. run in the field of dreams game. So
1: it was amazing. And I mean, I'll always be thankful to him for that. He was a great player for the organization personally, you know, and I might be jumping ahead here, Joe, but personally, I don't think he comes back.
0: Yeah. I don't might think as address it. Now we're talking about it. So I um, don't think
1: the Sox pick up his option between the attention he draws off the field and the piss poor play he had this year. He had one home run this year. He was not very good defensively. He was hurt for a lot of the season. He just, he's not the guy he was anymore. He dropped off a cliff this season. I mean, he didn't, he didn't twilight sunset or whatever you want to call it. Like some of these guys do like, like Miguel Cabrera is doing, you know, he's sunsetting off into retirement. He's slowly mm-hmm. coming down and ending on his terms. Yeah. Uh,
0: the T.A.'s Tim Anderson. Younger. What's that? Tim, Tim Anderson's drastically younger than. than he is drastically younger,
1: me. but he's also completely fallen off a cliff. He, honestly, I don't know if he'll get signed to a major league contract after the season he had.
0: Oh, he will. There's no doubt I, I about I think that.
1: he, I, I honestly think if the White Sox let him go, he'll sign a minor league deal somewhere. He'll end up back in the majors. But
0: Dude, that's that's crazy talk. I mean, this is a guy that has hit 300 two seasons in a row and then fell off show, this year.
1: Show me a team that needs a shortstop desperately enough to bring in Tim Anderson. Shortstop team... is the one position in this league that is thriving right now.
0: He'll go to second.
2: I was going to say if he doesn't approve a position switch, Zimmers, right? He will sign a minor league contract. Yep. If he is willing to play second like he was in the World Baseball Classic, someone will take a chance on him tomorrow and probably overpay him. And that's fair. But, His agent
0: will tell him to play second base. Well, I
2: mean, hey, it worked out for Trevor Story. I mean, it did. It did. He got paid.
1: Uh, it, it worked out for who's the other guy that switched from shortstop to second base really recently,
2: Elvis Andrews,
1: Andrews. <laughs> uh, no, Javi it did it.
2: For him. Javi did it. Yep. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, these guys do it and you know, it, it extends their careers, but I mean, Anderson's been so bad at the plate. I, I don't think they'll even pay him that much for it.
2: I think Muncie became a full-time second baseman too. At one point, I think so. Um, I would be shocked if they don't pull a Craig Kimbrel with Tim Anderson. If I were Chris Getz, I would pick up his option and then shop him around. That's what I would do. That's what they did with Kimbrell. They ended up getting AJ Pollock, who turned out to be the world's biggest D-hole. But, I mean, I, I think you've got to try. It,
1: it was a good get when they got him, honestly. Pollock.
2: For Pollock oh yeah, I was happy yeah. with it. No, he was I, a good player. It just yeah. pissed me off. It <laughs> pissed me off that he declined his player option that was worth ten million dollars. He would rather take four million from the Mariners than ten million from the White Sox, and that yep. like annoyed the crap out of me. We
0: that was still. Here. I,
2: I I wasn't in the mindset. I wasn't in the headspace I am right now though. They were coming yeah. off an 81 and 81 season. And I hate to be this guy, but the 81 and 81 season, if you're around our age, was like the fourth best record for the White Sox in your life. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's so, up.
2: <laughs> you know, the 2022 White Sox looking back were fun. We had no problem coming on this show and discussing them on Monday nights. I was locked in, locked in in 2022. They, it sucked in the end. You know, but they had a chance to win the division entering September. That's just a fact. And then when they lost, when they lost that series to Cleveland, they lost like six in a row after that, and that skewed their record closer to 500. But they were like seven games over 500 going into that series with Cleveland, and you know they fell off a cliff after being, you know, after the Guardians kind of took control for good. But I mean, 2022 ruled compared to this year and most other years. Yeah, You're gonna be year's... clamoring for 2022 in three years.
0: All I gotta say is I hope this is the worst season of my lifetime. That's all I gotta say.
2: I'd be stunned if it wasn't.
0: Honestly, I don't know.
2: You know, we said that two or more losses. We said that about the Bears last season. There's a ceiling to your losses in football, though. Sure. There's not in baseball. Like no. That's just it. Like we
1: genuinely looked at ourselves all off season and said, they've added talent. They've added coaches. They've added this. They've added that. There's no way the bears could be any worse in 2023 than they were in 2022. They were still competitive and now they're just more talented. Right. And now here we are, we're a quarter of the way through the season and they haven't won a game yet.
2: And what you're
0: going to see is when they lose on Thursday, Zim, Ibra will finally get fired. And then you might see some
2: change probably not i uh, predicted have to fire him. i predicted he'd be fired by next game i think I, I didn't tweet it thank god but i forgot the game was thursday when i said that if but all that I'm, was sunday i could see all i'm ball.
1: trying to point out here is that the white Sox, i very much feel could end up doing the same thing particularly if they don't get rid of pedro grafal if they Fair. stick yes. if they stick with pedro It's a great transition for me. Yeah, you're welcome. (laughs) I know the show notes, (laughs) but if they keep Pedro, if they keep this coaching staff and they don't, I mean, if they keep this coaching staff, they're going to be just as bad next year. I think that's all there is to it. I I don't think there's any other adjustments that need to happen for them to be worse. I mean, they're going to lose talent no matter what. Because some of these guys are free agents that are going to leave. Some of these guys are going to be traded. Some of these guys are going to um, decline options. Uh, we'll see what the roster looks like come opening day. But if the coaching staff looks the same, I don't think it matters what your roster looks like. You could go add Shohei Otani for all that matters. You're still a hundred loss team. They won't. They won't. I'm curious to see what trades they make because they, they're not just going to sign free agents. They're going to have to trade for somebody. So we're going to see a shocking trade, I think. That's my bold prediction for the offseason. We're going to see a shocking trade where somebody like Eloy Jimenez is traded or somebody like Cease. Dylan Cease is traded. You know,
2: I thought Cease was mm-hmm. gone at the deadline.
0: He should have been. They I wish he would have more been. Then than, than they would have in, in, after he had a tear second half. I hate saying it. I no, wish he would have been.
1: And Kirstad who likely would have been the linchpin of that trade, right? Because... You know the the White Sox got greedy and they wanted more, and I have no doubt that Kierstad was on the table there, coming from Baltimore. He's looked the part in September. He had to play in the playoffs. Yeah, he's looked like an MLB player, far far and above anything that the White Sox have developed anytime
2: recently. So That's true. You know. She's finished strong against two good teams, though. Yeah, That's non non playoff strings. I'm saying to help trade value in the off season. That's just it. I'm not That's saying to is. return next year.
0: No, I'm I, just saying they would have had a higher return when they were getting a premium at yes. the deadline this year. But
2: yeah, prepare yourself for him to win a Cy Young with another franchise, though.
0: Oh, definitely. I'm
2: not. He, he does Dude, not talk. I'm already prepared for awesome. Justin Fields to win an MVP with another franchise. Right. I, I'm,
1: I'm prepared for anything at this point. Look at the
0: catchers he had this year, too. That's
2: fair. I'm The White Sox were such dog crap this year that Dylan sees. Uh, he had like 250 strike. No, 220 strikeouts in like. 160 something innings. The dude's stuff is nasty. He had a hard time getting out. So he probably didn't care at the time. Probably slugging beers. From what I've heard about Dylan Cease, he probably just like realized like what am I doing? I'm I'm not going to go out there. He made a 33rd start this year. This dude's a dog. 32 starts is um, a full season for an MLB starting pitcher that's healthy all 162. He went out and somehow I don't even know how the math math because if you divide 162 by five, you get five. You get 32. I don't they know if it's running, exactly.
1: They ran a four-man rotation for a few weeks there in July.
0: Yeah, yeah that's true. That's and, true. And if I remember correctly, at the beginning of the season, he had he wasn't cease out for like a week for some reason. He was banged up or something. I feel like maybe he there was he missed one start. I I don't remember
1: or something like
0: that. Yeah, yeah.
2: It wouldn't surprise me if like a double header or two got him the extra start, too, like all that kind of stuff. But like imagine
1: imagine playing for the worst team in your sport. I mean, the White Sox aren't the worst team, they're one of the worst teams in your sport. They're pretty close. Like, imagine, imagine they're like, We need you to work
2: overtime this year. Yeah. (laughs) And Combined like and while you're answering that, you think about the fact that you're the only pitcher that hasn't missed a scheduled start in your MLB career since getting called up by the White Sox. The first game against Detroit in 2019, he started every five days the rest of that season. So he ended with like 15 starts or whatever it was. Yeah. Then it goes the COVID year. I think he made like 11 starts. And then and then he went 32,
0: 32, 32, 33. Yeah, unbelievable.
2: on the White Sox who like pay people to get injured. They hear Mr. (laughs) Seats. Here's an extra hundred thousand dollars to be injured. No, thank you.
0: And and real quick, you guys were talking about how they're not the worst team in the league, but they're pretty close. There's only three other 100 lost teams in the league this year. Can you guys name them?
2: I can. Would you like me to feel free? The three worst teams are the Kansas city Royals, Oakland athletics and Colorado Rockies. And those three teams have a 16.5% chance to win the draft lottery. And the white Sox come down as the fourth team with 13.25% odds.
0: But you know, out of those three teams, you know, which three of them beat the shit out of the white Sox this year. Oh, it's right. All three of them. <laughs> Hell yeah. So I Hell think in yeah. theory, even though our record doesn't show it, I think we were the worst team in the league. Um hmm. Bleakest Future? Yes. That's what I'm getting at.
2: The worst team this year was the Ace. They were horrible. They, they were and mad when
0: they beat the
1: crap out of they us. They beat
2: though. the crap out of us. Yes. Yeah. But they also have
1: done that since like 1954. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I don't think the white Sox have a winning record all time against the A's. No, You're the Coliseum
2: right. is like a house of horrors. They're like a million house games under 500 at the Coliseum. Yeah. Um, and then Kansas city's in the division. So like, that's going to, I think they barely went over 500 again. And then Colorado, Colorado plays well at home. I mean, Zim, you know, they play oh, at yeah. home all the time. I was, I, I kind of don't understand how this team isn't better just based on the fact that they play eighty-one games at course. But then again, they got
0: Charlie Blackman,
2: and they yeah, that's true, <laughs> and their opponents. Imagine like being Aww. obsessed with that guy. Um,
0: hey,
2: can you name
1: one great pitcher who's played for the Rockies?
2: And there you have it. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean that
1: that's not that no is, idea. That is why. The Rockies aren't very good. Yeah. They've never had a great pitching staff. Herman Marquez no. was probably the best pitcher in the team's history.
2: Absolutely. Uh, PZ does say, but but we were tanking, or we weren't tanking. That is correct. I don't think the Rockies are tanking. I think they just suck. The Rockies um, just
1: genuinely don't know how to build a team. They never yeah. have.
2: They're right there with the White Sox <laughs> for bleakest future. They signed right. Chris Bryant for like a million dollars. Ezekiel uh, at-
1: looks looks like he could be a good player.
0: Yes. I will. I will say the difference between the three teams and us is we are the only team out of those four that were expected to compete for a division title. Yes,
1: yes, yes. and that's yes. just it. In a in a season you were supposed to compete, you came out and lost 101 games. This record was supposed to be flipped. Go back and listen to our first show this season compared to what we're talking about right now, and <laughs> I mean we're ta- we're talking about getting rid of the guy that we expected to be the spark for this team we're talking about getting rid of the ace of the club that was supposed to be a cornerstone for the next decade Still we're talking about
2: yeah none of us would care if they traded joe's rookie of the year
0: yeah oh jesus
2: you guys want to you guys want me to sim the lottery one time on tankathon.com we're going to sure. sim we're going to sim the lottery right now. The White Sox have a 13.25 chance and they moved up one spot to be the number 3 overall pick. Interesting. The Oakland A's retained the first overall pick. The Pittsburgh Pirates jumped up 6 spots to get the second overall pick, and then the White Sox were at 3. Sim it one more time for fun. They got the first pick. Let's go. <laughs> I just simmed it and they dropped down to 8. <laughs> That's funny. Last year there was one big mover. Minnesota moved up a lot. So, oh, I got the Cubs jumping up to three. Wow. Give me a White Sox Cubs one two. That would be
1: fun. What if Chicago picked one and two in like every draft this season?
0: (laughs) Well, the Bears could be one and two next year.
2: Well, they were last year. Then the Blackhawks were, and then. You get the White Sox. Doing but I know, but be the awesome. Bears
0: own on the second pick. So if they tank and they get, they get the first pick, they'd be the first team in history to ever have one and two.
2: Yeah. I want it to go Bears-Cardinals, Bears-Cardinals. Really That'd bad. be funny. That would be really, really funny. Especially when you remember that the Cardinals are like a Chicago team first. Like they still have that Illinois stink on them. Mm-hmm. So give me that. Although... <laughs> I don't think Houston is as bad as um you know bad enough to be like the fourth pick or anything like that, but we'll see.
0: I, I probably made the worst prediction in the history of the show in the first episode this year with Oscar Colas for rookie of the year and cover athlete for MLB the show next year. Oh my uh, god. I uh, I should Can be have- taking the pasture for that. Are you, you out on them or other? I'm not out on them, but I just it was terrible prediction. <laughs>
2: I'm out on him. He sucks. <laughs> I don't know. There's two prospects I'm fully out on. Like I just don't see it. It's Colos and Lenin Sosa. I just Sosa. I'm out on for sure. Yeah,
1: Sosa. I'm definitely out on you. Know, and you know, with with all the prospects they had in their system this year, you guys know I'm into my cards. Like I, I went in on White Sox card collections this year. I was like. I was like, I need some Sosa rookies, I need some Coloss rookies, I need some uh I, I, I was going after burger cards still because he didn't get traded till mid season. And now I'm just like, what do I do with all this worthless cardboard that's covered in Sharpie?
0: Yeah, oh, hey, you got you got <laughs> the first burger Marlins card.
1: I did. I did. I will I will definitely be keeping my eye out for the next time he signs. I I think I'm gonna be continuing that collection for sure. You know, all well, the gotta, reasons I love them as a White Sox are like the same reasons I love them as a as a Marlin. He's just –
0: all you got to do is wait until they play the Marlins in Colorado next year and you reach out to Ashland.
1: Oh, dude, I definitely will be going to see the Marlins next year.
0: You know how upset I was after that
1: trade broke that Miami had already come to Denver for the season? I was Damn. like, man. That's well,
0: true. good Those thing. For you, Zim, are cheap, too. The- the good thing about that trade is you get to see more Jake Berger now.
1: Well, for now.
0: <laughs> for that's me. why I, I
2: like I like living where there's a National League and an American League team. You could kind of yeah. like I know that's like braggadocious because not many cities do that, but you know
0: braggadocious.
2: Um, they play the Marlins in, um, in and Miami very very early. Um, but this makes no sense though. This skipped April, this schedule, it just goes March, March, May that I have pulled up for the Colorado
0: Rockies, but yeah, I, I, I got it. I got it then. Um, let's see. I'm looking at the April
2: schedule. They host them in,
0: they have them for four
2: games in August. The Rockies.
0: Yeah. They play them like you said, they play him in April, and then early May in Colorado. Yep.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll see if I get a chance to go see him or not. Then
0: I'll just meet him outside the park. You'd be like, "Listen, Jake, you, you want <laughs> you want a Chicago style dog and a beef? I know a place. Come meet me."
2: <laughs> I'm sure, he would. They I, I know, probably he would. would. Yeah.
0: You should do that and get a picture, and then you guys can put it on the restaurant wall. And then when he wins a World Series, you can be like, look at this. Yeah. There you go. But uh, Wonderful conversation. But we were talking about whether or not they should bring back Pedro, and we're all kind of against that. But we didn't talk about, should they bring back Ethan Katz?
1: (laughs) Well, they got rid of Giolito, so there's no reason to keep Ethan Katz, right?
0: I mean, the pitching staff was awful. I think that's the main reason that we was should. It... They catered was to she... Giolito. Yeah. They gave
2: I him mean... the catcher he wanted always. When they got rid of McCann, they found somebody else to catch for him. They brought in Ethan Katz. They did everything they could for Giolito. It worked most of the time. He was only bad in 2022. But now that Giolito's gone, unless you're going to sign Flaherty or Freed in free agency,
1: Unless you go sign Flaherty or Freed and Giolito in free agency.
2: Giolito's an
1: unrestricted free agent. You could go re-sign it. That's true. He's probably the most likely out of those three. He was not terrible to end the season. He was not good. He was not terrible, though. No,
2: and he was only bad. He was only extra bad with the Angels. Yeah. Like, And guess what? We talked about the three teams worse than us. The only team I would rather be a fan of less in sports. sports, 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 the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Oh, I can't us. think of a no, hockey team. Who's a hockey team, a football team, or a basketball team that's worse?
1: No, Vinny, don't say that. You what? couldn't
2: be a Packers fan, and you know it. No, 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 no. I, you're no, I couldn't. I'm talking just purely based.
1: yes purely based statistically speaking like i don't want to marry my cousin so i will not be a packers fan
2: okay you know that's fair that'll that'll, that'll mess up up some statistics for sure but
0: i I think cats
2: yeah but they kept don cooper for a billion years so who am i to say they're gonna fire yeah but don cooper like
1: actually did a half decent job He might not have been amazing, but he... Watch they hire him. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Watch him bring him back. (laughs) I mean, look at the guys that he developed in those early 2000s teams, you know? He started out with Esteban Loiza, turned him into an all-star pitcher, right? Esteban Loiza, who, like, couldn't get a job in baseball, started an all-star game with Don Cooper as his coach, right? You had John Garland and Mark Burley come out of nowhere. Philip freaking Umber threw a perfect game with Don Cooper as his coach. Like whatever this guy said, guys bought into and, and they caught lightning in a bottle every once in a while. And, you know, we had one magic season where five guys all caught that lightning in a bottle six. If you want to include Bobby Jenks as the closer, but those guys, do I mean, Neil Cotts too. And the out of the bullpen was lights out that year, but, but regardless,
0: do you guys want to know what Don Cooper's up to these days? Just for the record.
1: Probably drinking whiskey and smoking cigars nonstop.
0: He he resides in Nashville, so probably. And then he he retired from baseball and he helps coach a local high school baseball team.
2: Oh, good for him! I I bet. I bet
0: one of those kids
1: has been drafted.
2: How often does a guy from the 2000 to 2010 Yankees leave the Yankees and get better? Very rare, and that was Wilson or not Wilson Contreras, uh, Jose Contreras.
1: Jose Contreras. And uh, didn't uh, El Duque come from the Yankees as yep. well? Yep. Orlando yep. Hernandez?
2: Yep. That
0: is true. Yep. <sighs> but yeah, I, I mean, miss those days. Yeah, so do I. And I know Chris Katz has been like gung ho about bringing back Pedro. I, I just don't see it, guys. Uh, Pedro's lifeless when you talk to him. He, he just, well, I don't know, man. He looks like a defeated puppy every time I see him.
2: And he's just and, a straight-up idiot. He thinks we're idiots. He's just like, <laughs> like, yeah, we're we're twenty-five games under five hundred, but you know we got to play hard because you know we still are in this thing.
0: And then they gave, guy, he he's gave guys he gave guys days off yesterday in the last game of the season. Yeah, like to, like worry about we, their health. It's like yeah, the last we got to preserve
2: the them for the playoffs, dude. <laughs> Dude's a clown. I
0: don't know how he's still. In consideration but there's a lot of candidates the giants like older manager this week i know vinnie wrote an article about that yesterday today right
2: yeah yesterday i think or two days ago whatever it was
0: but there's a lot of options for the white Sox. I'd, i would love gabe I'd, gabe Kapler.
2: i know like people are like oh he only made the playoffs once out of four years okay like, the Giants are in the division with the Dodgers, the Padres, the Diamondbacks. Even the Rockies were a good one of the years. The Rockies made the playoffs while Kapler was employed by the Giants. Like, that's a really good division always. Gabe Kapler would come to the AL Central and dominate. I'm very confident in that. And he had 107 wins in the one year they did make the playoffs with a bunch of old
0: guys. I just want somebody accountable, man. That's all I yeah. want. Yep. I couldn't care who it is as long as you're like, yeah, you know what? We suck today. Our guys, they suck. They need to get better. That's yep. what I want. Pedro didn't say that once all year.
2: No, and, like, neither did Tony. Rick Renteria wouldn't do something like that. Robin Ventura barely talked at all.
0: Um, and, I, and, I, and I said this on – I don't know what show I was on. Maybe it was when I was on the Bears Country Podcast. But I said, like – I think they should like next year. They're not going to compete. I think we all know they're not going to compete next year to get the culture back to this team. You hire Ozzy Guillen to come back at least for a year. Just to like whip these guys into shape and change the culture because they, you, you got guys sleeping in the clubhouse. You got guys slacking, and not giving their full effort, just something to get that culture back. Like, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not saying Ozzy's the long-term option. But, like, something needs to give in that clubhouse. You need to hire someone that's not going to enable these divas. And I don't care who it is, but I know Ozzy for sure wouldn't wouldn't allow it. So that's just where I stand on it.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I, I wouldn't hate them bringing Ozzy. You know, for anything other than it would be entertaining. Like, if you're not expecting to go to the playoffs, like, That's how you sell
0: tickets to Sox, to Sox fans.
2: Yeah, like, at least entertain me make me feel excited about the White Sox. Um, this year, that didn't have that. I went to the least amount of games I've been to in like five years. Like the so last time I. I went to this few games, I couldn't drive. So longer well, then, than five years.
0: And and the funny thing is they had a really bad season in all the games I went to. I think they won. Did they win the game we went to?
2: They did win the game we went to. And I think, I, I, I think I'm four and one this year, too. Which is funny because in 2021, I was under 500. I went to like 35 games.
0: In 2021, they lost every game I went to.
2: <laughs> That's just bad luck, man. Every game. <laughs> man. Just... I went
0: to a lot of games that they
2: year. They won 93 games.
0: <laughs> and I think I went uh, to like. You broke the curse in the playoffs, games. though. Barely. But managerial candidates. That game ruined their
2: future, know. too. If they get swept by the Astros, Tony probably gets fired. They don't re-sign Leary. And I don't know. Jose Abreu might not leave for the Astros. I don't know. He was bad this year, though, so I'm not that mad about that. Andrew Vaughn wasn't great, but he was better than Jose Abreu. Yeah,
0: I'm not saying a lot this year, but, yeah, I hear you. Oh, man. I know Vinny – do you got to go pee? You can go pee if you want.
2: No, I'm good. I might take you up to go grab another drink in like 15, 20 minutes.
0: Sure, I, man. I'll go
2: all night. I got plenty of shit to say about the White Sox. You guys read SouthsideShowdown.com tomorrow. Oh, my God. Wait till wait till you hear what I'm cooking up to slice this team tomorrow. Today was the three players that won't be back in 2024. Uh, tomorrow's the three players the White Sox must trade this offseason and I also got. Ooh, I got a positive one for you, positive boy. Three surprise White Sox players who performed better than expected in 2023, and you know we're gonna start handing out grades. It's probably gonna be mostly F, 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 F. Luis Robert Jr. A, F, 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 F. Eli Jimenez C plus or B minus. I haven't decided yet. F, 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 F. Mike Clevenger. You're an A-hole, but you pitched well this year, so we'll give you a B-minus. F-F-F-F-F-F-F. Can't wait.
0: Can't wait at all. And Let's dive into – there is a little bit of news that happened before the end of the season in the White Sox front office. Chris Getz made some hires, or the White Sox did, whoever is responsible for that. And uh, just got to get your guys' thoughts on that. I do have the image here. From the White Sox. New hires. uh, Josh Barfield is the assistant GM. Brian Bannister is a senior advisor to pitching. And Gene Watson is the director of player personnel. Any takeaways from this, guys? And what are your thoughts? Uh, Vin, did you have any thoughts on Josh Barfield?
2: Um, I don't know anything about any of these guys, really, to be honest with you. I wish I was smart enough to know everything about every front office personnel of all 32 teams or all 30 teams. But then I wouldn't have any friends and I probably wouldn't like any other sports either. Um, But my only takeaway, I don't have one on Barfield, but on Bannister, he comes from the San Francisco Giants organization in the pitching department, which Mm -hmm. is where Ethan Katz comes from. So Mm -hmm. that makes me think Ethan Katz might have nine lives and stick around no pun intended because his last name was Katz. um that kind of leads me to think that i'm sure ethan Katz was approached you know that's just good business right if he was approached to see hey what's up with this canister guy um you know why is giants pitching usually pretty good and yeah. the seattle seahawks look like they're going to take this one to the house on a pick six holy smokes that guy's fast do you smith,
0: smith got hurt today too
2: yeah, not good. Um but
0: he's back in. Oh, is he? Yep.
2: Uh wow. well Danny Dimes just threw a pick six in the red zone. That sucks. The Giants are terrible though. Um sorry if any of my New Jersey people are watching. I'm sure there are some. Um but I I other than that, I really I don't know anything about these guys. I guess we'll uh, learn to judge as they start to work, right? We'll we'll get a say... good view during the winter
0: meetings. I will say I I was impressed with the Barfield hire. Uh, He was a scout for the D-backs and developed them into a very good team, a lot of good players. Obviously, you saw the D-backs make the playoffs this year. Um, Obviously, no one expected them to, a lot of good young talent. So Barfield did a lot of good work for them as a scout. Um, So I like the addition. Uh, I like what he did with the D-backs. Hopefully, he can do something similar.
1: Barfield was also the director of – player development there and yeah. that is an organization that develops some players that
2: is for sure absolutely so uh but i can only I, think I've... of one top prospect they've had that they missed on didn't like seth beer not really turn into anything other yeah. than him he's he may not have really turned into anything but he's still
0: like
1: an acceptable mlb, MLB. player
2: yeah for sure you know sure. he's
1: um He's like Josh lamb, who is another guy that yeah. was in Arizona for a while. Like yeah. I, I see them as like really similar players.
2: Fair. I just remember wanting beer and burger next to each other <laughs> in the prospect rankings. Uh, that's Delicious. just a certain bias. I remember having in 2018 when he was getting drafted, Seth beer. I was like, Oh, can you imagine if beer and uh, burger were next to each other in the lineup? And then you had Colas, you could have a beer, a cola and a, uh, And a burger all in one lineup. Sounds delicious.
1: (laughs) I will say the one uh, fun fact about these guys uh, that the Sox have hired, right, in Watson, Bannister, and uh, uh, Barfield, is that Gene Watson, uh, who is now the director of player personnel, at one point made a trade for Chris Getz, and made a trade for Brian Bannister. (laughs) <laughs> so he now works with or for two guys that he traded for at one point. And Josh Barfield is also a former player. Um, he was a second baseman for several years. Uh, I, I kind of like, like a
0: second baseman,
1: right? Doesn't he? Yeah, I kind of yeah. like the fact that the socks are like building a front office, former players though, in a sense, like talk about guys that know ball, you know? who's going to know ball better than the guys that were on the field playing it every day. That's true. Um, They might not be the best, but like, think about like Peyton Manning, right? What did he always say? He said, he never want to go into coaching. He'd want to go into the front office, right? These guys know what they want. They know what they want to see. They know what they expect from players. They've been in these locker rooms and they know who the guys are that You know, oh, his personality is worth keeping him around. And they also know who the guys are that it's like, you know, sure, he he's going to hit me 40 home runs and 100 RBIs. But nobody else, you know, wants to set up their locker next to his. So what's the point in keeping him around? This is a team sport.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I think of former players becoming like front office people or coaches, it's usually the ones who had to like grind too. While they were in the league, very few stars go on to be good coaches or GMs. Some of them get a chance. But, like, I think there's something to, like, knowing how to deal with people on the day-to-day grind. Not the people who just had it luxurious the whole time. Like, like Joel Quinville was a depth defenseman in the NHL. He knew how to grind it out and work his balls off in order to make a roster and what have you. And then, like, Wayne Gretzky is one of the worst coaches who ever existed. Because, like, it's hard for a guy like Gratz to go on and teach a guy how to be like a fourth liner, like the mentality that you're going to have. And, you know, you let the stars be the stars. The real coaches handle, like, you know, the rest of the roster, the part of the roster that helps you win. Like, you know, you know that Luis Robert Jr. is going to have a four and a half war and hit tons of home runs. You're not worried about coaching him. You put him in the lineup and he's going to hit. You put him in center field and he's going to catch the ball. It's developing the Jake Berger's and developing the Gavin Sheetses of the world and the guys who are fighting their you know what's off in order to make the roster I think sometimes that does help with former players that weren't necessarily superstars when they played so hopefully that ends up working out in the end
0: yeah I mean it's it's the best the best thing is the the hires is the best news we've had in a while so yeah Chris it. Chris gets sucked at baseball <laughs> he
2: was a horrible I remember yeah. in the MLB. He's a good player overall. He would wreck any of us, but...
0: <laughs> Before we get into the off-season plans, do any of you guys want to run and, and get a beverage? Or are uh, you guys good to plow on through it right now?
2: I'm good to plow through right now.
0: Vinny's mean, all about plowing. Let's do it. PZ says natural ability versus hard work. That's a good That's point. True. That's true. But... Off-season plans. As we mentioned, Chris Getz has has hard work in front of him this off-season. Where do you guys even start? Um, I mean, pitching is obviously going to be a big priority as well. You need to get a lot of things on the field offensively as well. I wanted to bring it up because it was kind of a big news story today. Uh, Trevor Bauer came out and made a statement after two years with his legal situation, detailing a lot of the situation and how he wasn't charged. And they threw out a lot of stuff and they're pursuing criminal charges against the chick that whatever. Uh, Is that a name now that with all this out there in the open uh, is a guy that the white Sox may look at.
1: I'd
2: be stunned.
1: I don't think so. And I think even if they do, his buddy Mike Clevenger will come up to him and say, you don't want to play for that organization.
0: Huh? You honestly. That? That's honestly
2: true. I'm not a Clevenger guy. I think he's a douche. But, like, he knows he that people like – I know, he absolutely was their best pitcher this year. Facts are facts. He knows that there are douches like me who, like, will hold a certain bias against someone because of what they do off the field. And he's definitely going to tell that to Trevor Bauer. I would be stunned. Um, maybe we were too harsh on him or Clevenger. You know, we'll never truly know the facts. Um, that's kind of where I'm at, but I just, he's been removed from the MLB for two years. Would you even, from a pure baseball perspective, want him? Like,
0: it's probably a minor league deal.
2: Yeah. that's cer- That's certainly what it would be at first, I think. Um, if you're going to put up with that kind of scrutiny, that'll come with the signing too. scrutiny might not even be the right word. It would definitely be baggage. There's baggage that comes with signing Trevor Bauer, no matter what your opinion is. If you disagree with that, you just don't know if Trevor Bauer's locker will be flooded with people talking to him every single day. If when he signs with a team, um and the presses will go crazy about whatever team signs him, if you're willing to deal with that, you better be ready to go win a championship. That's Zim. where I see it.
0: Yeah, Zim and I talked about this off air before we started, but we both can see him being a guy that lands up on the Yankees.
2: Yep, yep, because they hate Carlos Rodon already. That took them five minutes.
1: Yeah, surprise, surprise. <laughs>
0: sure. That was That was one of the good moves that we did last year. Got but, right
1: I mean, looking at some of the pitchers that are available, I mean, there's a lot of guys that are gonna go before him. You know, Otani, Stroman uh Ryu, 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 um, Kershaw, uh Adam Wayne, well, Wayne done. Um, Lance Lynn might even get a deal out there somewhere.
2: Giolito
0: um,
1: Giolito, Julio Arias. Um mm, he's Kyle got legal Hendrick. trouble.
0: Isn't Reynaldo Lopez a free agent as well?
2: Yeah.
1: Yes.
0: Doesn't Arias
2: um, doesn't Arias he's probably done for a while?
1: He's he's had legal trouble, but he's only 27. He's an unrestricted free agent. Somebody might take the shot with him. Yeah. You know, you never know. You never know. For
2: sure. Absolutely. Um
1: Heaney has a player option. Uh, Clevenger has a mutual option so he's probably a free agent. Aaron Nola is going to be available. Um the list of uh, Blake Snell. Blake Snell is a, and and Sonny Gray are both unrestricted free agents. I mean, this is a deep starting pitcher class. Luis Severino is another one out there.
2: Um can't believe the Padres didn't sell. Yeah, right? What a bunch of morons. <laughs> they were dead. <laughs> they were dead freaking in July. They weren't as disappointing as the White Sox, but they yeah. played a very hard division, so they, like, appeared to be as disappointing as the White Sox.
1: What? A- but, yeah, I mean, this this pitching class, it goes so oh. deep this year that, that I would be stunned if Bauer got a job anytime soon. If he signs a deal, I think it's, like, right before uh, either uh, spring training or right before the beginning of the season.
2: Very fair
0: and you know what are your guys' top targets not even a name but position is there a number one need that you guys have pitcher. for this team
1: starting pitcher
0: i would it's agree the number
1: one thing this team needs after that middle infield
2: yeah because if you sign one of those guys that zim mentioned literally any of them um and then you run them um Kopech, cease maybe they don't trade them and then do they pick up Clevenger's option? Does he pick up his option? It's a mutual option. I don't it's a know. mutual, so I don't think it happens. Yeah, I, I don't really either. They both have to say yes, right? Yes. If either side says no, it's a no. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know who would say no there. They probably both would say no. Because he could right. probably go get more money somewhere else and be on a winning team. Even if he takes a little bit of a pay cut to be on a winning team and not be in Chicago anymore where all of the negativity existed for him. Um, and then the White Sox wouldn't have to pay him. So, I don't know. That's a tough one. But then Tukey Toussaint will certainly be in the rotation next year, I think, regardless. You know, eat up some innings. But, yeah, I can see good. them going for a big starter. Um, Colson Montgomery probably makes his MLB debut at some point next year, but he's not the full-time shortstop. He can't be. He's, he's not there yet. No.
0: Needs more time. He was too
2: injured. He's so good. He's been really good all year. I just hope the White Sox jersey doesn't put that stink on him, you know, early in his career. But like he's been really good yeah. since coming back from injury, but that's the key since coming back from injury. The the time cooking in the oven hasn't been quite as long as some of the other peers of his from his draft.
1: Yeah, but I mean, Berger ran into the same thing. This yep. is his first real full season. Really, since he's been drafted. Yep. And, it, and it, it was good enough to get him traded to a uh, contending team. So. He had
2: 34 bombs. 34 home runs. Isn't yep. that something? Three less than Luis Robert Jr. In less games and played appearances because for some reason, in April, May, and June, Pedro Grafal didn't see him as a full-time player.
1: But yeah, especially seeing the market for starting pitchers right now, and even relief pitchers, there's a lot of good relievers out there too. Granted, a lot of them are getting up there in age. That's a position where age isn't quite as concerning. No. Um, but you see the rest of the free agent class and it's just, it's so underwhelming. There's not a lot of guys in a lot of positions, especially positions in need for the white Sox. Um. You know, it looks like you're probably either going to have to make some trades or go in with what you got. Um, The longer I look at this list, the more underwhelmed I am. And then you hear there's a rumor that came out today about the Cubs wanting to trade for um, Pete Alonzo and re sign Cody Bellinger. Well, if that happens, like that shakes up the market for sure.
0: Alonzo is definitely going somewhere.
1: Yeah, which
2: is so dumb. Oh, yeah, that is just so dumb. It's the Mets, they got more money. Spend all that money on Frankie Lindor and Kodai Senga and this and that and this. Scherzer, Verlander, Jaden both, and you stink one year after having 101 wins just to blow it all up. Come on, run it back, Mets. Run it back. You got off to a bad start. Diaz got hurt in the World Baseball Classic. That's not going to happen next year. Run it back. God, they make me so angry, the New York Mets. <laughs> We're part of the Sons of Uribe, so I like kind of cheer them on a little bit, and they stink. They do. <sighs> Every time I look up, Daniel Jones is getting sacked.
0: Is this game still going? Oh, yeah. yeah. Daniel Seattle Jones Seahawks.
2: The Seattle Seahawks have eight sacks they're winning 21 to 3.
0: How long is left in the game?
2: Off 11 minutes in the fourth quarter.
0: Wow. Man, no
2: protection. Don't... I know he sucks. He does suck. He's Mitchell Trubisky, but I mean he's getting hit from behind without even seeing the guy a second after he snaps it.
1: You know, the Sox looking at this closer. They I mentioned earlier, they need another catcher, right? Do they bring up the guy that they traded for this season? Not Corey Lee, the other guy. I don't remember his name off the top of uh, Ed- my
2: head. Edgar Caro?
1: Yeah.
0: Well, if they, don't, if, they, if they don't trade for somebody, then they probably will.
2: Just run well, Carlos I mean, Perez again, though, too. You have him. That's fair. He was underwhelming, but at least something. He was underwhelming. I, I just think the White Sox are gonna be underwhelming, right? Like they're That's gonna it. have guys like Carlos Perez and Corey Lee splitting a catch or catcher position, right? Like right. I hope I'm wrong. Just don't bring back Yasmani Grandal. There's no need for that whatsoever.
1: No, and I don't think there's any chance they do. He's 35 he no. years old. No, he, he talked he at his post probably retire.
2: Yeah, he talked at his locker room exit like he was done. Like he's talking like they got a good thing here, a lot of young guys. Like he's he was talking in past tense. He's done.
1: So as far as bats go, like what's a position that you guys think would be an area of focus for this team?
0: I think you got to look at right field.
2: Right field? Right
0: field should
2: be a prominent offensive position on a baseball team.
1: Need a a left-handed right fielder? Same thing they've been looking for for like six years now?
2: That'd be nice. I don't think it has
1: to be left-handed though now that you've got Benintendi.
2: No, yeah. And Benintendi needs to be better. He um, does,
1: but it's his first season on a new team. Cut him a little slack. He's got a five-year
2: 100%. Contract. 100%. Like,
1: I think he'll be fine.
0: Let me throw something random at you. His big deal is, is Ben Attendi, a guy that is on the trade block. I doubt it. I don't it, think but... so.
2: I don't think anyone would.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: All right, I... Let's see. Who are our right field options? So Eloy's website is r- running real slow tonight.
2: Oh, you're good. <laughs> e- Eloy was better defensively statistically, in every year but one than Ben this year.
0: Which is scary.
2: That is bad. I'm, I'm worried about that. I, I agree with Zim. New team, hard sometimes. I am worried, though. I haven't pressed the panic button, but my hand's getting a little tingly, getting ready to hover over the panic button. Yeah.
1: All right. So, let's see. We've got Michael Conforto, Teoscar Hernandez, no. uh, JD Martinez, Randall Grichuk, Jesse Winker, Max Kepler, Adam Duvall—he's still in the league. Andrew McCutchen—I um, think I think he might actually retire as well. Yeah, he's um, been in the entire, a pirate. I
2: thought he played with Babe Ruth.
1: Robbie Grossman, Jason
0: Hayward—man,
1: underwhelming.
2: Very
0: JD underwhelming. Martinez is the name on that list.
1: Pull up first base too. JD Martinez is thirty-six years old. Yeah. I
2: think
0: personally,
1: I think Teoscar Hernandez is the most interesting one to me, just because like you kind of know where his floor is, I think, a little more clearly than these other guys.
0: Um, And he seems like a guy that would get along well with Luis Robert because they kind of have the same. They have that
1: kid personality with the swag at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let me let me look at first base here.
2: Because I honestly think you need more from first base offensively. And I'm not saying that means get Andrew Vaughn out of the lineup. He could be a designated hitter if you find somewhere to trade Eloy or move, have him play right field or something. Because I no longer care about – because of how bad the White Sox were this year. I I look at it differently. I'm like, okay, what will give you the best chance to win, even though – what will give the White Sox the best chance to win? Can Andrew Vaughn – you've already foobarred his development for the most part um team. can he play? Can he play the off field still? Put him back in the off field. Let somebody else who could hit better play first base because first base is a position that you absolutely need offense from. We've seen teams go from bubble teams to like contenders by adding a powerful first baseman like the Red Sox in 2018 when they added Mitch Moreland, and all of a sudden they're getting 30 home runs from a first baseman. And you add him and JD Martinez in the same offseason. Wow. All of a sudden the Red Sox win the world series after being a bubble team the year prior. Like, I don't know. Andrew Vaughn's just been underwhelming to me. Yeah. From what we were told. I tell you, I look
1: at this list and there's one name that really jumps out at me. Um, I'll go through it real quick though. So, um, Joey Votto is at the top of the list, but I think he's retiring. Yes. Um, Miguel Cabrera as well. Retiring. You've got Josh Bell. Excuse me. Josh Bell, Max Muncy uh, on a club option. Mark Canna on a club option. Reese Hoskins, Joey Gallo, Brandon Belt, CJ Crone, Carlos Santana, who's about a million years old. From there, it really goes down. You got G-Man Choi. Uh, that's the only other really interesting list or name on the list to me.
2: I like Reese Hoskins or G man. Choi.
1: Reese Hoskins is the one that jumped out at me. Yeah.
0: yeah I think
1: awesome. he's, I think he would be a good fit on this team. He's a guy that I actually liked for the white Sox last year. Um, but they would have had to, to trade for him. It was, you know, if Philly blows it up or whatever, because they were kind of bad the year before and Harper was hurt and everything and nobody really knew where they were going, but yeah, Reese Hoskins is a guy I definitely like.
2: And Harper might just be a first baseman now too.
1: And that's just it. Harper looked pretty good over there. And it really eliminates the need for, for yeah. Hoskins.
2: And he's out. He's out of, or he's the wear and tear on his body's less playing right field or
0: mm-hmm. playing
2: first base as opposed to right field. He, mm-hmm. he was still injured and he came back and still hit well just because he was playing first base. He was injured enough to not play the outfield, but not enough to not hit. And he was great. The Phillies are going to the playoffs. They could easily get back to the World Series. I'd be 0% surprised if they did.
1: So, okay. Well, let's say a hypothetical, right? The Sox sign Hoskins for cheaper than Benintendi, right? I don't know exactly what that do would look like. Maybe we say four Six years, five? $50 million. Yeah. Something like that. I think that's totally reasonable for him. Gives him a chance to hit the free agent market uh while he's under 35 still again. Um you go out, you sign like a Flaherty and a Giolito to round out your pitching staff, right? Mm-hmm. So you but those are like the only three real moves they make. They get they get Hoskins, Flaherty, Giolito. Are you happy with that offseason?
2: Um, I would be because seemingly you'd get Luis Robert Jr. back. We'll see what we get from Mancada. We'll see if they bring back T.A. Mancada has been the best hitter since August. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not saying – I'm not at all saying he's part of the future. or I'm proud of him. Or I mean, you were the number one prospect in baseball. Congrats on a freaking nice two months. But, like, he was really good from August and September. And then, you know, Andrew Vaughn, he's not a bad hitter underwhelming for a third overall pick and being told best power hitter in the country, this and that. Still underwhelming, but still a good player. Benintendi can only be better, I think. Eloy hit bombs all year long while he was healthy. This was his healthiest year. Um, I don't think they would be 61 wins bad. I will say that.
0: Yeah, I would be fine with that. I I think you got to address power, right? Right, got to get some bats. You got to get some, like you said, some infield help. I mean, even even just getting the pitching, and and a power bat, you know, get two starters and a power bat. I'm fine with that. I just, you just look at the list like you said, Zim, and it's a little underwhelming. Um, and then, do you do anything with the bullpen, or do you just roll with what you got? You know,
2: can. Yeah. Can Aaron Bummer be worse? I don't think so.
0: I don't think he can come no. back. I mean, he's, but, but I guess you have to take a shot at him at this point.
2: His strikeout to inning ratio, you would think he's the best reliever in the game. And then you look at his ERA and it's like, how doesn't this guy, he either strikes the guy out or gives up a base hit or a walk. He only gave up four home runs this season and they were all from August on. Like, It's crazy to me how nasty his stuff is, but the White Sox have done a piss-poor job of helping him utilize that stuff. Like, Diekman goes to the Rays under three ERA. The same thing would happen to Bummer if they moved him. Guaranteed.
0: Put some good defense around him. We certainly didn't have that this year.
2: No. No, no, no. But that's not an excuse for his six point seven ERA because those would count as unearned runs if they came around to score. So
0: Yep, yeah, it's true. But the off is gonna be interesting. Chris Katz has his work cut out for him. And uh just know that we're gonna be here all off season long. Like we're not we're not doing a regular show in the off season, but When news breaks, you know you'll see us pop up. So we will be back around when big news comes. Uh, PZ in the chat asked a very good question. Do you consider moving Kopec to Closer? Um, I don't because you have to utilize him as a starter at this point. I I don't know. What do you guys think? Mm,
1: I think that's up to Kopec. Honestly. You know, you do have Crochet coming back. That is something that I think a lot of people have overlooked is that Crochet will be back and he will likely be in your starting rotation. He looked pretty right? good. He did. He did. Honestly, I think Santos to closer. I mentioned it earlier in the show. I really liked what he did this season. He was the most consistent guy out of the bullpen all year long. Um, Frankly, he's got that, that nastiness to him, that, for lack of a better word, that "fuck you" attitude that you need from a closer.
2: That's sure true. Need that. I and think I think I would consider it. I think he could be a starter. Uh, his best year was 2021 when he was a long relieving super weapon. Hey Kopech, we need you to we need you to be an opener, three innings. Hey Kopech, ceases. You know, he hasn't given up too many runs, but he's run. he's got a lot of strikeouts. He's run out of gas. We need you at the fifth inning. We're going to have you go three. Okay. Kopech, we need you as a setup man for Liam. Okay. Kopech, Liam pitched yesterday. You want to take the ninth? Okay. That's exactly what happened in 2021, and his ERA was through the roof, and he, had, he was the only relief pitcher in the organization to reach 100 strikeouts. So uh, the White Sox strikeout leaders that year, their starting rotation was – Giolito, Lynn, Rodon, Cease, Keuchel. Keuchel was the only one that didn't hit 100 strikeouts. Kopech was the fifth guy to do so. Um, his stuff's nasty. He could be a super weapon like that. He, but also if he was a starter, I always compared him to Tyler Glasnow. It took Glasnow a while to become what he is, and he dealt with injuries and stuff like that. I fear Kopeck going to another team and becoming Glasnow. Because when the Pirates traded him to Tampa Bay, they thought they had what we think Kopech is. And you go to a team like the Rays, and all of a sudden he's starting game one of the playoffs tomorrow for them. You know, a team that was once again one of the best teams in the American League. That's how they feel about Glas now, that he starts game one. I fear that happening with like so many guys on this team, and Kopeck is one of them.
0: So many question marks, and I think one thing is we can all agree upon is that a fresh slate is probably the best thing that we could ask for at this point. Season's over, heading into the offseason, seeing what Chris gets can do. I know we have some playoff baseball to handle first, which is going to be the most exciting thing we've had all year. Are you, so, Are you pumped?
2: Are you going to watch?
0: I am excited to watch. I'm going to watch – you know, I want to watch the Marlins game – I'm excited to see, you know, some of these exciting young teams. You know, the, the Braves, the Rangers. Those are some guys, teams I'm excited to watch. I mean, even yeah. National League teams. I'm, I'm just excited to see. I mean, obviously the Braves are in the National League, but Jake, Mar- Jake Berger, Jake Marlin, I almost called him. He might You might as well call him Jake Marlin.
2: <laughs> you know what I love about tomorrow? It's all those aces. Montgomery for the Rangers. Glasnow for the Rays. Guzman for the Jays. Lopez for the freaking Twins. Um, Fat for the D-backs. Burns for the Brewers. Um, Lizardo for the Fish. Wheeler for the Phillies. Like That is freaking awesome. That is so cool. I can't wait for tomorrow. Glasnow and the Rays. 2 p.m. I'll be there. In person? By there? No, by there I mean... Tweeting Glasnow <laughs> highlights that Rob Friedman, the pitching ninja, post, re-putting them on my Twitter and talking about how horny I am watching him pitch.
0: Wow. when he gets aroused easily. No,
2: I I do for Glasnow. That guy is he's unreal.
1: Man, how about the Orioles with that number one seed though? I know. Man. Isn't
2: that something?
0: I mean, look at that. I'm excited to see them play in the playoffs. They're the team I said earlier this year was the most fun to watch. I'm just looking at some of these matchups. I mean, Twins, Blue Jays, like like on paper it doesn't sound very exciting, but I think it's going to be an exciting series.
2: The Blue Jays in the playoffs, especially at Rogers Center, are electric factory. It's probably one of the best. The hockey country of Canada shows up in the playoffs for the Blue Jays.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's so many – I look at this list and I couldn't tell you who's going to win the World Series.
2: Will the Twins win a playoff game?
0: Yes. For the first time in 24 years. They will.
1: Man, (laughs) they finished the season with a worse record than the Mariners who missed the postseason.
0: (laughs) They will win a playoff game. That's infuriating.
2: I think the Jays smoke them in all three games. You think so? Yeah, I don't know. I think it, I'm just, I maybe I'm sp- trying to speak it into the universe because the Twins, I think 24 years without a playoff win. Mo- I mean, it's not the Yankees, but it's an AL East team.
0: Yeah, I don't know. And I, uh, so many exciting young teams here. I'm just ready for playoff baseball. Uh, I will tell you one thing I, I said a couple weeks ago when they were getting really hot that that the Phillies were going to win the World Series because they were the hottest team in baseball. Uh, If they get on a run like that again, I think the Phillies might be unstoppable.
2: Hell yeah. What's your World Series prediction, both of you? Both champions and then the winner.
0: Zim, go first.
1: I'm so boring. I (laughs) like Atlanta and Baltimore. Nice. Nice.
2: I mean, the two, it's the 2-1
1: two, the two seats meeting the two up in the World Seas.
0: Series
2: would be awesome. It, that's not boring. That never happens. I don't know.
1: I just, I like them both. I think Atlanta is just such a complete team. Like, where is their weakness? And Baltimore just a bunch of kids working together, picking each other up. Hell yeah. They just. I love that. They shouldn't work, but they do. It's like it's it's the classic, you know, David versus Goliath basically. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. I'd I, love I to like, see
1: Miami go far though.
0: I would too. Uh I'll be rooting for them. I don't see them beating the Phillies, but I uh nonetheless, I'll be rooting for them, but I my World Series pick with that set is is Phillies Baltimore for the World Series.
2: Nice. And who and I think Philly?
0: I do think Philly pulls that out but I do think it goes like 7.
2: Wow, okay, cool.
0: Okay. What you Vin?
2: If I got to pick what I wanted, I would pick the Braves to beat the Jays. Wow. Um either that That'll or Braves fun. to beat or or Braves to beat the Rays because I love Glasnow. Um how about this the... though? How about Go ahead. how about Tampa
1: Bay makes it all the way to the World Series? and then loses the 14th game they play to lose the whole thing.
2: That would be very funny. (laughs) That would be very funny. Few teams have had in-world series heartbreak more than the Rays. They're always super elite, and then they just can't win that last series. Um, But my actual prediction, using my brain, not what I want, would be, I think... (laughs) I think the Houston Astros are going to repeat as World Series champions with a oh, win over the Atlanta no. Braves. I do. Wow. I've had that think, thought for like I've had that thought for like three weeks now, and then they got a little cold. The Royals swept them, and I'm like, this is exactly where the Astros want to be. They want to go into the playoffs nice and pissed off. Jose Abreu had a shit year. Fresh, clean slate. Uh, they have Bregman and Altuve and. Um, Uh, what's his name at shortstop Jeremy Pena and Tucker and Alvarez and their rotation is awesome and oh they're so good I wish we had their roster
1: yeah But. but the Astros are under 500 at home on the season and I think that will plague
2: them they might it might that if they
1: if they come up against a power hitting team they got a real short porch out in left field yes they did. And that could really come back to
2: haunt him. Like Joe's Phillies. Mm-hmm. Right. When you got Castillabos and Schwarber, who had the greatest negative war season who ever lived. Um, i ne- you'll never see anything like that ever again. You will never see another player like Schwarber, I don't think. He is I I don't I'm not an advanced statistics hater at all. I I I do subscribe to the advanced statistic. Oh, he did get above war above positive war. But he's batting 197. And I hate batting. This is why batting average is a shit stat. It's a horrible stat. His OPS is 817. He's got 47 bombs and 104 RBIs and 108 runs scored. Zero stolen bases.
0: That's insane. (laughs)
2: 197 batting average. If you wouldn't take Schwarber on your team, you're a moron.
1: Have you guys ever heard of uh, Babe Herman? He was, a, he was a baseball player in the 30s, 20s not. and
2: 30s. Babe Herman?
0: Babe Herman. No, Babe Ruth. Really.
2: Um, is it uh, George Herman? <laughs> George.
0: Uh, <laughs> I've never heard I don't, anybody I don't, say that. Babe Herman. <laughs> his, he, he,
1: went, he was Babe Herman. I, I don't know what his actual first name was. I don't remember off the top of my head. Guy oh, has 181 okay. career home runs playing in the 20s and 30s. And they called him Babe. Because he was basically like a mini Babe Ruth, is oh, what they, they figured. I like, do
2: see this guy. <laughs>
1: to me, he played for the Cubs, too, ironically. Because yeah. I was about to compare him to Kyle Schwarber. <laughs> All the wow. stories and anecdotes I've ever heard about Babe Herman, I'm like, man, Kyle Schwarber sounds like a modern-day version of this guy, where he's just like, not... not A great player but he'll hit the ball about 500 feet at a moment's notice
2: that's crazy babe herman 181 home runs his ops was 915 oh he was he was a good hitter born in buffalo new york he had a 39 and a half career war he came three rbi short of 100 or a thousand that would have pissed me off i would have came back for another year got the three and retired yeah, Have you ever go, see the movie go, Mr. 3000 Bernie Mac? Right, Mann? go yeah.
1: read some anecdotes about this guy, and like I think you'll understand why I draw that connection with <laughs> uh, with him and, and Schwarber. I, I really feel like Schwarber is just a modern day equivalent of him. Um, except this guy could hit for average, too.
0: <laughs> I love that. While we're talking about phenomenal feats over the course of a season. We were talking about the Orioles, and I do have to point out, I think I may have texted you guys this earlier, but there's only one catcher qualified in the major leagues that did not allow a single-passed ball this season. Mm-hmm. That's Adley Rushman.
1: The kid's the next Pudge. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: I mean, that's be, insane. Think about he's that. He's going to be good.
2: The White Sox didn't even rebuild right and have the worst record that year. That's honestly funny. That was the year they got Vaughn third overall. Rushman went first to the O's. Yeah.
1: I don't know. What I love about Rushman is that he stayed a catcher. So many of these guys get drafted as catchers, and they're like, oh, well, I'll, I'll have a shorter career, and I just can't do it. But like him and Joe Maurer and Buster Posey were like, no, I'm a catcher.
0: Yeah, yeah Mauer towards the end took some first base reps. But he, he switched every, at the it's very okay. end, but he it okay like at the end.
2: It's okay at the end. Right. I'm cool. I wish Yaz did at the end, he probably would have hit more bombs.
0: Yeah, Do you guys know I how many know. sacks the Seahawks had tonight against uh, was, Daniel it, Jones? It
2: was eight last time I looked. 11. They did, they got four more <laughs> since I stopped looking at the TV what the hell
0: Uh, that's three more if i do my math correctly man
2: (laughs) i'm not a math guy i write for a living i I was in i was in freshman math my sophomore year i was in sophomore math my junior year i was in no math my senior year don't talk to me about math (laughs) i know that goals plus assists equals points nice (laughs) And, and you know how to
1: calculate a plus minus for a player, right?
0: Yes. There
2: you you can't include the power play.
0: <laughs> Dude, That's awesome. We've talked about so much fun and horrible White Sox talk tonight, but we've, you know, we've talked about the things that need to happen, what should happen, what won't happen, what we feel will happen. And deep down inside, our souls feel complete now that we don't have to deal with the same team anymore. Um, hopefully it can't get worse from here i know that's the the true death death stamp for me saying that out loud but uh i don't know it can't get much worse i hope
2: <laughs> i i don't think i don't think it can get worse i think the worst version of the Sox next year is 61 and 0101 61 and or 60 and 102 i i just i really can't Not as long as Robert, you know, if they get rid of Robert and Eloy and Cease and, you know, five or six guys, Vaughn, you know, the A's, they don't have anyone compared to what the White Sox have. That's why losing to them was so atrocious. So
0: Brutal. But, boys, uh, anything else you guys want to talk about before we roll? I know we – are going to enter our off-season hiatus until big news comes up. But anything you guys want to dive into that's not baseball related?
2: Not really. Just keep watching the shows on the Barroom Network, people. Just because the White Sox are going anywhere doesn't mean baseball is, and it doesn't mean sports aren't.
0: That's right. We have Vinny has another baseball show on the network called Crosstown Crosstalk. It's every Thursday afternoon and talks hockey, which hockey season is coming up quickly too, Vin. Wednesdays here on the ballroom. Of course, there's Chicago Bears coverage for those of you that are still, um, your hearts are still beating after the, last, the 0-4 start. But we do cover the team. We do have a post-halftime and post-game show called Bear Football. Gabriel talking football every week. He went tonight. We had Buffon 55 with a special appearance before us tonight because lo and behold, the Bears played Thursday night. So we get to go watch them play the Commanders. So looking forward to that. I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. (laughs) And then, of course, Fantasy Football Goon every single Sunday. We're going to get you help you set those fantasy lineups. Dan and Aldo, Bear Their Souls, usually on Tuesday nights. I don't know if they're going tomorrow or not. They probably are with with the game on Thursday. So many shows. Mash that subscribe button and give us all a follow so you can catch us every time we go live. Let's go around the horn and, and do some quick shout-outs here. Um, Zim, why don't we lead off with you, bud? I
1: don't have much more to add, man. It's been you a great night. Shout outs? Getting there. Damn. <laughs> Damn. No, I'm just kidding. It's fine. We can wait. I can fill this whole rest of the show with dead air. <laughs> But a great season, guys. Big shout out to you two for uh, dragging me along for the ride.
0: <laughs> dragging.
1: <laughs> We've all had to drag each other through it one time or another.
0: It's been, yeah, it's been messy.
1: It's been a slog for sure. This is not how I envisioned the end of our third season going when uh, we first started this show. Frankly, uh, when we first started this show, I didn't think there'd be a third season. So (laughs) it's been a lot of fun. Uh, Our first season as this triumvirate, and it has been a lot of fun. We didn't have as many. We did not have as many guests this year. um, But the ones that we did have, I think were really high quality guests. I think that they were very fun uh, and a big shout out to all of them. Uh off the top of my head, I, I know we had Ryan and Alyssa on again. We had yeah. Jake and Ashlyn on. We had other people Lamont on. Pope. We had Lamont Pope on again. Uh he's been on every season that we've been on the air. Um president
0: of Spinball Sports, the creator of the eye pitch.
1: Man, that was a fun show. That honestly. was honestly. I, I, I learned so much that night.
2: Mm-hmm. Um Man, this I feel like the I'm season was better than a few. we had a good season guys. I'm just telling you. We had a good year. Well,
0: yeah, we right. did. It much just spiraled the at Sox. the end.
1: You know? That's all that's all it was. It's it's hard to come up with something to talk about when you got to watch this all season long. So I'm kind of glad that we saved it all up for tonight. We got it all out of our system. We didn't really focus too much on the negative because frankly, what's the point? What's the use? I listen to bears podcasts every week and all they do is say the same thing every week. And it's only a month into the season and I'm already sick of all of them. So, you know, sometimes it's good to take a little time, really digest what's happening, get a fresh mindset on the whole thing and say, Oh God, the aftermath. (laughs) So, So no, it was, it was it's, it's been awesome. Um, so yeah, big, big shout out to everybody who was a part of this season. Um, shout outs to, to my family and all of yours. Um, couldn't do yes. it without all of them as well.
0: Yep. Sacrificing us, letting us uh, talk about the White Sox for two hours every Monday night. Um, yeah.
1: And, hey, just because the Sox uh, were terrible, I mean, my uh, my summer league softball team, we lost our spring league championship. We won our summer league championship. They moved us up a division, and now I feel like we're on the White Sox. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, call up to the big leagues, Zim.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> and I look like a White Sox second baseman out there, let me tell you.
0: You're right. You do. Yeah. I like it. So Good stuff, Zim. Appreciate it, dude. It's been a hell of a season.
1: It's been great. And just because season's over doesn't mean we'll stop talking. Doesn't mean that we'll no. even stop uh, going out and making our shows. You know, Vinny, you still do your Crosstown Crosstalk through the off season. Um, So we may do some South Burbs Hitmen takeovers over there. We may For do sure. some... Breaking shows as uh, as big moments happen throughout the offseason. if they happen, they haven't really happened at all the last two years. So we haven't. The really White Sox had a
0: need signed Shohei Otani. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think we did one <laughs> when they hired Pedro, um, and that was about it.
0: Yeah, so, oh boy. So yeah, I
1: uh, I could babble the rest of the night. Um, just uh, bittersweet to wrap up our third season.
0: I hear you, brother. Bittersweet for sure, but we thank you as always. Mr. Vincenzo Parisi, what do you got, buddy?
2: First and foremost, my shout-out is always Katie, my girlfriend. It's not, you know, I'm sure it's not easy for any of the girlfriends or wives or fiancés who host podcasts or who have significant others that host podcasts where once a week at 8 o'clock they sit around a table and chat about a team that's 61 and 100 in the end. I mean... You know, it's not like we're talking about something that they're particularly interested. White Sox fans are barely interested at this point. So thank you to Katie for all the support throughout all of this. Um, A Shout out to you guys. You guys are unreal. I think we did great. It wasn't fun to talk about the White Sox, but it was the after conversations talking about yeah. food and our favorite nerdy things. We had a whole show dedicated to Zelda. I could talk to Zim about Pokemon for 100 straight years. You know, you know, whatever it is, right. it was always fun. I, I forgot about the Eye Pitch episode. There were so many episodes with people that is just it's pure fun always. And honestly, I'm already excited for season four. I'll tell you that right now. I am. And the White Sox are going to suck again. But guess what? This is what we do. This is what we consider fun. I enjoy it so much. Um, I know that between now and our next show, that isn't an off-season show. we got a lot of shit that we're going to go through. It's going to be negative ten at least five times. Got a billion mm, blizzards definitely. coming our way. Um you know, the, the hockey season's going to go. I'm about to go on another 82 game grind of doing pregame on the Let's Go Devils podcast network. And then, wh- however many playoff games they play, that's not going to be easy grinding through that. But guess what? I'm excited about it. So make sure you go listen to it. Um, nothing's out yet. It'll come out as the season starts in a couple days t- uh, nine days, I think, eight days, something like that. Um, but you know, a lot of times going to pass and we're going to miss you guys. All the people in the chat that are regular, uh, kind of a light night on the chat tonight. PZ was rocking it, but you know, we have people like foster and, you know, our, all of our parents and all of our, uh, significant others and friends and cousins and, um, Gabe
0: in there all the time.
2: Gabe's in there all the time. Um, um travis all the time yeah people like skyler and you know all sorts of people that are just in the chat all the time we can't thank you enough the show would be nothing without people watching and of course aldo gandia it was a tough season for him um off the field and we wish him nothing but the best and great health going for sure. forward and we love him very much nothing of this would be popular or po- possible without him and the last thing i'll say before I go and also go read the stuff on the fan-sided networks and listen to the other podcasts on the Barroom Network, very important. Um, don't let this White Sox season sour you on, A, the White Sox because at the end of the day, they're still our favorite team. We got to love them because um, if nobody loves them, it'll never get better. Um, someone who loves them needs to buy the team, but yes. that's a story for another episode. <laughs> um and don't not love baseball because your team stunk. I kind of fell victim to that a little bit this season. I think there were times I was melancholy on baseball because of how bad the White Sox were. I sucked at fantasy baseball in both of my leagues this year. And normally I'm a yeah. champion. Normally I'm a champion. I've won multiple leagues. I've come in second, third. I came in third last year. Like I just I, I let that happen to me this year. I let all the negativity impact me. Don't be that person. I have regrets with it. It's never going to happen again. Um, I'm going to, starting with the playoffs, don't let this bad White Sox team sour you on baseball. It's a wonderful game that takes teamwork and helping each other out and positivity in order to win. It's good to surround yourself with stuff like that. Watch the playoffs starting tomorrow at 2 o'clock Central. Um, we'll be here on the network talking about it. So go, Sox, and I hope everybody has a safe winter.
0: Yes, for sure. And we've officially in fall now playoff baseball coming underway here shortly tomorrow. And I'm gonna gotta give a shout out first and foremost to you two guys for doing this all year long with me. Uh, like I said, we've we've said in general, it's been a special season. even though this team has been completely painful to watch, we found a way to make this show fun, entertaining. And we uh, kind of evolved it a step forward, kind of took it to a better place. And every year we're just getting better and better. So I can't wait to see what we do on season four, the guests we bring in, uh, the crazy stuff we do. I'm looking forward to all of that and hopefully a new manager. But I doubt that will happen. Um, also want to shout out my beautiful wife, Catherine, uh, my baby daughter, Audrey, who's going to be two in January, which is crazy. And my great Dane Maverick. I love you guys very much. Uh, the whole chat room, which tonight, like we said, got carried by PZ, but uh, the, the whole year, everyone that tuned in, shared our show, watched it on Facebook, Twitter, gave us follows, gave us likes. Uh, we appreciate you more than you'll ever know. Also, big shout out to Aldo Gandia, the barkeep, for not only his support with the platform and developing this show, but also for his off, you know, off screen health issues and, and coming back from all that. And, uh, we, we're always with you in your corner, Aldo. we appreciate you. Uh, and also a little shout out to Mike North as well. I've been doing, uh, somebody big just died with him and I've been really enjoying doing that and having him leaning in on me and, and looking to me to help uh, do some production on his show and be a co-host has uh, been extremely rewarding and I love getting to work with a radio legend like Mike. It's, it's wild. And then uh also gotta give a brief shout out to to Vinny for uh letting me do a lot of production work on Crosstown Crosstalk. I've really enjoyed doing that show. Um helping out Vinny with that, coming on when I can, doing behind the scenes. I've really enjoyed doing that. So uh that's a long-winded shout out. It's been a ton of fun all year with that said. I'm kind of excited to have some time off from this show because we can actually watch Monday night football. We can Watch playoff baseball, which is kind of what I'm excited to see starting tomorrow. So bring it on, boys. Hell of a season. Love you guys. Love this show. Love this network. It's all I got to say. It's been a ton of fun. It's almost uh, midnight here on the East Coast, so I'm going to wrap the show, go let my dog out, and then I'm going to go to sleep. But we always, no matter what, Somehow, way, we still love our Chicago White Sox. And uh, we'll see what they do in the offseason. So that's all we got left. We'll be back if any big news happens. But until then, we'll catch you on all the other shows on the network. Finny, I might catch you in person if Aldo hosts something in October. We'll see. And for the South Burbs Sitman for the 2023 Dumpster Fire White Sox season, I'm Joe Mandel. In the Death Star is Steven Zimmerman. And below him with the hockey banners and ready for hockey and playoff baseball is Vinnie Parisi. We will see you guys next season. It's been an absolute pleasure. And as always, no matter what, let's go White Sox. <laughs>